You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Greetings, and this is Parisha, your host of Quantum Leap Book Club. This week, we're excited again as we come back again and go back over some other parts of the book, The Secret Language of the Heart, and this is by Barry Goldstein. And we've shared how much we've all come, those who didn't know Barry have come to love him, and those of us who have loved him for many years now are very, very happy to be able to share and and uh, introduce you to a young man who has found tremendous power in spiritual ways and expressions shares them through his music and i'm hoping that some of you have gone on youtube and actually found some of barry's free music and listened to it It, there's there's no words to explain when i feel i'm trying to promote somebody's book i usually have a very good take on a product all i can tell you about barry's product is if you want to trip and understand yourself through your heart you definitely want to look up barry particular pieces of music okay we start this week actually looking back to last week there were a tremendous amount of of comments on the exercises that he gave in the very first chapter of how to discover the inner music within ourselves and i'd like any of my co-hosts this week that feel that they have something they would like to repeat say that and who has joined me this week is Marianne Love of Melbourne, Australia. I have Trina Cooper in uh, Denver, Colorado. We have Steve Jones that's in Arizona. And we have Joyce Mollenhauer, who's in Arizona. We also have Elloway, who is in Sydney, Australia. We have Rosemary, who is actually sitting with us in the very early hours of where she's at in Germany. Okay, so our co-hosts come to us from different parts and time zones. So we appreciate those of you who have actually gotten up early enough to get on and be with us at the show. I'd suggest that you go to our Facebook and look up our co-hosts. They are extremely experienced people in the particular subjects that we talk about. Come to know them more and actually be able to personally contact them through our Facebook. All right, we're going to start this week. So I'd like to actually see what we can get. Joyce, I was wondering if you could comment on any of the breathing practices that uh, you read last week. Sure. There were three of them, and they were very, uh, he describes them very clearly. And the purpose of them is to create positive emotions in yourself when you use these. So you combine the heartbeat, the breath, and the sigh. And last week I talked about my interest in the side because I had not really had such a strong understanding of how useful this is, that the side is really valuable. So that, that, that was very a very important end of that particular chapter. And the details and even a visual is there on how you draw the breath into your heart and then extend it out. And uh, you'll find that very useful. 
Oh, very good. Any of the other co-hosts, have you used it? Have you further things you'd like to add on those exercises? This is Trina, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the the heart song breathing process, because I've been using it since I read about it. And it's really about standing strong with your legs apart. And what we want to do is develop this relationship with the heart. So when you breathe in and you put your hand on your heart, and you're breathing in through your feet, all the way up through your body to your heart, you're connecting in with the Mother Earth, but you're also bringing all of this releasing all the stresses and things in the lower part of your body. And then the second part of that breath is to extend your hands up above your head, kind of in a V shape and breathe in through the top of your head all the way down to the heart. And that opens up the brain and the the mind and, and all of the organs above the heart. And it connects you to father sky. And then the last breath, is to breathe in and out of the heart itself, breathing in all this energy and then breathing all of this back out again to people. And what I'm finding is it really does calm me, settle me, um, and brings me into this really uh, open, loving space in my heart. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Good, good point. Yes, Eloy, do you have something you'd like to add? Yes, I have been doing this as well and just the simplicity of it so after the morning practice looking at the sun having that beginning to the day standing there with feet slightly like shoulder width apart but feeling centered and then starting with hands on the heart to recognize that is where the heart is and bring the physical touch to it and then placing the hands so they're facing down to the earth like just by your side but slightly out and it's the deep it's the breath in, like a conscious breath in and, and feel it coming in through the heart. And the interesting thing I've found is when they say to breathe out, it's with a sigh. And it's like, oh, however the sigh is for you. And it's been a number of times to do it before I can actually get a sigh that has a sound. So keep doing it. Every single one is different. Sometimes the sigh is happy. Sometimes the sigh is like, oh, like a weight of the world coming out. So that's the that's the first breath. And then after that is hands up, as Trina mentioned as well, hands up to the, the sky and the same thing. It's simple. Breathing in, focusing it that it's in through the heart. And when it's out, again, it's out with a sigh. Now, this sigh can be totally different from the first sigh. The third <laughs> one, super simple again, hands on heart, breath in. Again, seeing the breath come in through the heart and seeing it out through the heart and again release with a sigh. And as he says, this is one of the most powerful processes that he gives in the whole book. So it's definitely one, three simple breaths, three different postures. Have fun with your sigh, letting it out. That's great. That's great. Okay. And, and, and I mean, it's so unusual for us to consider that the sigh is important because we all do it, but usually we recognize it as something like either at the end of frustration or an expression of tired, you know what I'm saying? When So to bring it, and it is a Buddha practice in Buddhism, the breaths that you practice and the observance of one size is very important to the inner talk or the inner set of mind that we are. So I found it very, very exciting to hear him make some time out for that. Yes. And Marianne, how are you? Did you pick up on anything that you would like to share on them? 
I think the just a couple of things about using the power of visualization, like really going into the mountain, the earth, and the star and the skies, and just embodying visualization in this process. And I think um, the other practices is is all in this chapter about listening and using the sound of the heartbeat to regulate the nervous system, to regulate your emotions. So going within and listening was the key that I got out of that chapter. That's cool. That's cool. And Rosemary, did you get anything that you want to share with that? Um, I like to point out to the first exercise, and which was really helpful because he says, uh, put your palms on your heart and then breathe in and out. Well, I know that one, but he says, hold your heart in a way that it's like a little kitten or hugging a child or a lover. And that made such a difference when I did that because it really connects you with the heart. And that's what he wants. He wants you to connect so you can listen. And I like what he says, what's the intention of that is, is really to cultivate your intuition. And that's something I do want to do more. So I love that one. It's very simple. And you just uh, hold your palm on your, on your heart. You slowly breathe in and out. And you imagine that you're holding a kitten, something very soft, very gentle. And yes. it really is a wonderful way to connect with the heart. Now, that's good. That's real good. And Steve, did you have something you wanted to add to any of the particular techniques that was taught? Yeah, just my experience with, with the sighing. I In doing that, I realized that I had been hesitant to to make those sounds, almost like it was a negative, like, oh, you're sighing or you're, you know, complaining almost is is the, the thought I had. So when I let myself do that, I really felt it it really did uh, help me express and, and release, you know, some of those emotions. So I thought that was that was interesting. Okay, that's cool. All right. So basically, we're all agreeing that those exercises are definitely something that a person wants to take advantage of and move. And I love it that we started out right with this first chapter, giving us something to go forward with very much so. And again, we suggest to you, our listeners, please take time and find the book, The Secret Language of the Heart by Barry Ghosting. Okay, and to get get some of this in your hand and use your book for your guide. Okay, we're going to start with chapter two this week and actually sum up what we've gotten out of his chapter. Okay, and we will start this week with actually with you, Joyce, you want to give us some of the review on chapter two? Sure. Uh, Chapter two builds on chapter one, which is this is a very organized book. And he definitely says, by becoming familiar with those internal breath sounds, our internal, our inner music, then we can incorporate the wisdom we gain from doing that. We can cultivate our heart's intelligence and develop a relationship with our heart. So this whole book is about the secret language of the heart, getting that relationship there so that it's a a moment-to-moment relationship. And that allows us to tap into gratitude, kindness, joy, and love, all of the positives that we want to live and feel in our life. And the feeling is a huge thing. And he goes on to talk a lot about coherence and the harmony that comes with coherence. He talks about the four bodies, and he mentioned these in chapter one, too, about mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies, that these all work together. And I love the way he compares it to an orchestra, that there's a communication and an orchestra between the instruments. Well, we have a potential, if we haven't already achieved it, of having communication between 
our heart and our lungs and our side and all the practices that we've already discussed today. So our emotions are actually the conductor of our inner orchestra. And that was kind of fun to try and picture the two things, the heart's the drummer. Well, I think we can get that one pretty easy, but our emotions are actually conducting it. And just everything we read these days, the feeling is what we want to get in touch with. So here we are again, that this is the conductor of our inner music to get in touch with those emotions. So positive emotions, he talks about the, both the positive and the negative, but the positive actually help the heart to be able to adjust to different circumstances. And he calls it heart variability. So that improves our ability to adapt. Doesn't matter whether it's physical, emotional, environmental, those stresses are what the heart is constantly adapting to. And we want them to, we want our heart to adapt in such a beautiful way that it affects everything in our life. So we can have an active role. And I think that's a really important point. This isn't something that's just theory. This is something we're going to actually contribute, like the practices that have been shared earlier, that starting the day is a wonderful time to do those three practices. So our hearts have the ability to adapt. They have the ability to synchronize. And the combination of the inner music and the outer music is what he's helping us understand. And this word entrainment that he talks about is when the internal rhythm of our heart adapts to the external rhythm of the music. So that means the heart rhythm is adapting to the rhythm of what we're listening to. And what what and our body is picking up more than just our ears. So I I just love the fact that he came to the conclusion that to have calming music, you want to relate it to the beat of your heart. And the most when our hearts had its calmest place, we're beating sixty to seven times a minute. So he started designing music that was sixty BPMs per minute, and and that just he, he had an impact immediately that was obviously exciting to him and a huge benefit to everybody that is having any chance to listen. So he, his example of the two-week-old infant had a conference with his mom and fussing because it's a two-day conference and this baby's not used to trying to be quiet or sleeping or whatever. So he start, the baby started to fuss and they played some of the music at the 60 beats and this little one stopped fussing. So I think they must, it couldn't, I couldn't get it totally the way he described it, but I think they did this all deliberately. Then they, they turned the music off and then they restarted it. When they turned it off, he immediately started to fuss. When they put in the music back on, he was relaxed. So they had proof for the pudding and it was pretty neat. So uh, on page 20, he talks a lot about how the emotions do definitely have a big impact. And the the positive emotions is what we all want to gain. So by making use of his practices, he talks about the classical meditation music affecting the heart. And it can actually alter the blood pressure. So there's so many people these days that have high blood pressure. What a wonderful way to deal with that. If you listen to rock music, it raises your blood pressure. So that's good information for the people who 
who think rock music is what they want to do. And then they live, of course, with the outcome. His music creates an intention. And I think this is a really key point in this whole chapter. He, he works with intention. He doesn't just play music, if there is such a thing. He, he has an intention before he even sits down to play. And then he connects with the field. And this is another concept in this chapter, to recognize that he's not just this lone person sitting at a piano. Um, he's connecting with this large field of possibilities as well as impact. And I love that. And he got to the point very early in time when he recognized music was playing him. He wasn't playing the music. What a fabulous place to get to. So his intention was always aligned with his emotions, harmonics, and frequencies. And this is all on page 23. So that his listeners reported that they felt the music and the emotions in every cell of their body. Well, what a compliment to a musician to have someone make that kind of report back. So all, all in all, he allows ourselves to experience the energy that comes from this, from the shared emotional field. And that music has an innate ability, that means we're born with it, to carry emotion and intention. So we can practice this with purpose and we can entrain our music to contain those emotions. So the music that we're listening to and our inner music, both on page 20, he compares to the grandma's recipe that we there might be two musicians playing the same play, piece and we react more to one than the other. Well, when we eat grandma's meatballs we and then try and repeat them, we don't, we're not successful because it never tastes quite as good as what grandma's did. So the type of music, the classical and the meditation music is important. Uh, having the intention, uh, aligning it with your emotions, uh, participating when you're singing with the breathing patterns. And, and, and I love this, that he uses example in a group whether it's a, a baseball game with all the audience or whether it's a group of people singing, we're entrained, we're, we're doing it together. It's, we're getting a, a much bigger effect. So those, that was kind of some of the important things that I really, really appreciated with this. And I like the fact that he demonstrates with his musical creativity that intention is a bottom line to the outcome and that the music plays him. That was a concept I think we can uh, uh, address in our life, that we don't have to have us playing the life. We we can actually plug into a higher sense of what All that right. Is. All right. I agree. Very good. Very good. And, and, and definitely what uh, Barry has caught wind of and doing is that we exist, our magnetic field, we, our cells are held together by the, what we would consider the code of our individuality. And as we say over and over again, that fingerprint tells us there's nobody else in the world like us. So we're one of a kind, each individual of us, each human being. I find that just so like far out that none of us are alike, okay? None of us. So for music to be this particular field 
that actually can make us all sound like a great symphony and not all these discords and sounds. I related, I'm like you, Joyce, I related to that so well. And to actually realize that the presence of the one that is in all things, whatever the sacred name is that we speak of it as, is actually the conductor, actually orchestrating that if we're willing to be a part of it and flow with it. And that's when life becomes every magnificent thing. That That's very beautiful. So Trina, what do you have to add to that? Um, well, let's see. So we're in chapter two and we're activating our heart's intelligence with music. So in the first chapter, he taught us how to connect and begin to form a relationship with our heart and how to bring in these higher states of emotions like love and joy and kindness and gratitude. Well, now he's moving us to a place where we connect the music with the heart. So on page 17, he's talking about understanding coherence and its role in health. So he likens our heart as the drum in an orchestra. And the drum holds a beat or a tempo. And when the rest of the instruments, in our case of our body, our organs run with the same tempo as the heart, like the instruments would run at the same tempo as the drums in an orchestra, we have coherence. We have beautiful, smooth, aligned music. It's very synchronized. If the instruments played at a different tempo than the drum did, it would be very incoherent. And it would sound scattered and and um, disrupted, fractured. So that's what happens to us in our body when our heart is racing too fast. Our body can't keep up with it. The emotions can't keep up or the organs can't keep up with it. So he says, what we need to do is bring our body into this coherence. And when we are coherent, it's very healthy for us. So positive emotions actually create this uh, a, an increase in heart rate variability, which is basically when our heart is smooth, it can adapt to changes. When our heart is erratic, it has a very diff- difficult time working with changes. So as we are able to um, raise our emotions to a positive level and our heart rate and rhythm smooth out and are coherent, we actually can improve our health because everything's running smoothly instead of very erratic. Now on page 18, he moves into the role of music in that coherence. So what we're finding or what science is finding is that our heart has this amazing intelligence where it can connect. Think of our heart as that inner beat. It can connect and entrain or be connected with this external beat in the music. So we can literally use music and the beat or the rhythm of the music to slow down our heart rate. Now, by using these slower tempos, we actually are able to create that um, rhythm in our heart that's slower and bring us again into coherence. It's like using a metronome or um, we can use music itself. Science has found that 60 to 70 beats a minute is when our body is in a relaxed state. So when we find that relaxed state through the music, we're helping ourselves through music for health. 
Now on page 20, he talks about a newborn's connection with the heart. And he tells us a beautiful story about how in this conference, they discovered that a fussy newborn, when they played this 60 beat per minute music, the newborn automatically calmed down. And when they turned that music off, it sped up again. And the baby got upset and fussy. So they, they've been able to prove in science that this is happening. Now, on page 20, we move to emotions and heart coherence. So again, the positive emotions, we create a field with however our emotional state is. We broadcast that. And we can literally walk into a room. And when we walk into a room, we can feel what's going on. That's that field. So when a large group shares these emotional states, whether it's excitement at a sporting event, at a wedding, loving, we can feel that. We can resonate with it. So when we use music as the tool to actually create that field, create that state of being in a room with a gathering, um, we can actually use it to change a field. We can actually use it to create the intent that we want. Now, he begins to talk about also that the composers have learned this and they create designer music. And by designer music, they mean they put their heart, their intention, their emotion into the piece that they're composing. And that particular beat, that, that particular tempo to create a state of being in the person who listens to it. And he That's actually, great. I'm great to hear that. And I'm glad you summed that up for us. And uh, Steve, so what would you like to add to that? Sure. So Barry um, is talking in this chapter about, you know, the hearts, how we can activate the intelligence of the heart. And he talks about the coherence that can be achieved with the heart and the mind and how that intelligence um works with our, our mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies to bring them all into resonance and into better health. The On 17, he talks about how the heart actually communicates with the different systems, like the digestive system, respiratory system, and it coordinates all of them in harmony and brings all the functions together to maintain the healing and the growth. And there's a that coherence he describes as a smooth, orderly state, and it allows our body to change and adapt to the environment very quickly. And he, he talks about um, gaining access to the intelligence of the heart and how the heart can actually uh, adapt to the tempo of the music. And when it does that, he calls that entrainment. And it knows how to um, understand the language of the music. And that's really his intention. He's, he's included these different frequencies to uh, and rhythms that help us heal. Um, he talks about, uh, like on 20, he talks about how universal uh, a language uh, that, that music is, that even a baby that, that didn't know how to talk understood the music and became calm and started moving to the, to the beat of the music. And how this, that... Uh, unspoken um, language of music is is and the the intention is felt without anything being obvious. Um, being the example he gave um, as 
as was mentioned, is the is the meatball, the grandma's meatball, or I guess she is eating the matzo ball recipe. Um, you can follow the recipe exactly, but it doesn't have the same love in it. So there's just something missing. You can just you can feel that, and the being you know his intention is for the listener is to help the help the listener have a, a deeper connection with their heart and those feelings uh one of the interesting things that he he talks about is he was playing music and in his in his uh, studio and someone came and asked him to turn down the music and so he did and he put the headphones on they came back and said i, I told you to turn the music down and he said it's only on the headphones you couldn't even be hearing it so he realized that the, the resonance or that unspoken feeling that was being resonated was the thing that was being put out. So he really knew that he was he was on track with what he was doing. And then and then he goes on to talk about how this resonance, that resonance, when we get into the to the harmony, communicates to the whole world. And in that way, we can just change the world bit by being uh, in in harmony in ourselves. And uh, that's that's what I got out of it. Okay, very, very good. And again, we seem to all be very much aware of of how how here Barry constantly shows us the coherence is in the music itself and how we that inner music we have connects to the universal music. And I like how so many times our own uh, our own producer here and our our uh, tech person that backs us up on the show. Deb Adler actually promotes very much that universe means uni, the unification and verse of the universe. So it actually helps us have that broader sense of whatever it is that we come to know of as ourself. Okay, so we're going to move on now to LOA. LOA, would you like to add some of your thoughts to this chapter? Absolutely. And right in this beginning of the chapter where he's saying, let's understand the coherence of that role, you know, what's the role in the heart of creating coherence? So up front, I've, I know I've looked up the word before, but I wanted to look up coherence again. And it's about, well, quite simply, coherence is being in alignment with. But in this case, he also gives an example from heart math, where it talks about the heartbeat being in coherence with all of the functions of the body. And this is really where we open right at this beginning of the chapter, that the four bodies, Physical, spiritual, emotional, mental are brought into harmony. And that example of the orchestra, and I, I like this because the, the detail here is that there has to be an agreement first between the parts of the body. There has to be an agreement on the speed. There has to be an agreement on the tempo. And there has to be ongoing communication because each part of the body has its own function as well as an individual. And that brought me back to something that uh, you've actually taught us, uh, Grandmother Parachute, that organisation is organs in action. So really the music is helping us organise the beingness of our physical body. And as it says, the emotions themselves are then the conductor of that orchestra. And that each individual, as I mentioned, has an individual part. There's nothing wrong with every individual part, but if it's not talking to each other, then it's... As he said, if it was music, it would sound like a cacophony. It would be off, which rolls then to the next part of the uh, chapter, the role of music in coherence. 
And here the focus is that we can have our inner being, our heart, our breath, be brought into alignment with an external source. And in this case, the external source is the music. And on page 19, he shares that a powerful bottom line is music can support our bodies, repair, detox, and rejuvenation. So that's really key. And then the emotions, this is the part about emotions and a shared coherence. The emotion and the music creates a space. And as he said, you can walk into a room and if someone's been, you know, arguing, you feel it. If you walk into a room, someone's been having a great time, you feel it. Music is the same. And in this case, it's even with the intention of the music when you can't hear the music. As we said, he turned the music right right down, put it on like the equivalent of noise-cancelling headphones, but the vibration, the field still had effect. So that led to shared feels of the designer music. And I love a quote here that says, um, this is page 23, a shift, talking about himself, a shift occurs when I move from being the composer to actually being composed in collaboration with a higher power beyond myself. I think that's really key for all of us. It's like let go and, and in this case let go with the music. So that intention is where he brings us to now, part of that shared fields. The secret ingredient is intention. And I'd like to sum up here that when we have that ability to have intention, whether we're the one creating the music or whether, as it moves on to uh, the exercises at the back of this chapter, our intention there is to have that heart coherence and also to have a really healthy heart rate variability. And as we've heard, the heart rate variability is the time between each beat in the heart. And I looked it up and on the Harvard Medical School, it describes it as it's a measure of how well your brain and how well your heart and how well your autonomic system, which controls breathing and all the rest, is in coherence with each other. So we're saying it in the chapter, but to sum up, that chapter is fully embedded in the science of health. Okay, uh, let's move on with that. So let's try, Rosemary, what have you got to add to all of this? Yes, I'd like to add that um, that he says the heart has the ability to adapt to any external rhythm. And this happens actually unconsciously. It's called entrainment. Like when you dance, your, uh, your, uh, your breath and your, your heart rhythm uh, change unconsciously. And the same happened to that baby. She had actually a brain wave entrainment because unconsciously her brain wave were changing while the heart rhythm was focusing on a 60 to 70 beat. So there is a possibility that unconsciously we are able to change our heart rhythm. And also the story about his wife, I really like that part where he shares about the shared emotional field, that she was able to tune into that even without hearing the music. Her heart was feeling that without hearing the music. And that is called the shared emotional field. And also big crowds and other people can connect to this field. And it is created, actually, when he speaks in page 22 about his own process, it is created by what he calls the secret ingredients of his music making, emotions and intentions. And when he aligns them and when he gets into the field, the unknown, and he says he he he's only being composed he's not anymore composing himself that's when the magic happens and also i like the idea that 
uh, when he creates with an intention, he creates that emotional field. And listeners on the CD are still able to connect with that. They gave him feedback that they were able to connect to that field he was creating in the music hard codes. And his intention was there that the music assists them, listener in forming a deeper connection to the heart. And that's what really happened. And they became more coherent and, and healed their body better. And uh, I like to end with the idea that what really fascinated me most was the point he makes is emotion intentions are secret ingredients of the music and they are actually behind the music. But the listener is able to connect with that. And that explained to me a question I had a long time, why, why people consistently running into a classical concert with the same music piece. And there are 100 different music concerts about the same piece, like Air and Bach. And that has to do with the intention and the emotion of the musician, because he changes it. And, and the people who are listening in the concert can connect to that new emotional field. Even it's the same piece, the same notes, and it has been played a thousand of times by different musicians. I really find that really fascinating. And I finally got an answer to that question. And I think that what he really is asking us to live a life which is heart-centered, to live a life from the heart. And then we can have all these things which has been shared and I shared. Thank you. All right. That's real good. Very, very good. I agree with you. All right, Marianne, we're going to let you kind of wrap up the reviews. And what have you got to add to all of this? Perfect. I'm loving this chapter and I love Barry. So thank you, Barry, for all you're doing for us in the world. So activating the heart's intelligence with music, that's what this is all about. So in Chapter 1, he just reflects on the the first part is connecting with the heart and using the breath and the sigh and the heartbeat to get more relaxed. And that just helps our body and us realise we're meeting our basic needs. And now he's going to teach us about how to use music to entrain the heart. So, And this is all about developing and cultivating a relationship with your heart and your inner intelligence and your inner wisdom. So under the heading Understanding Coherence and its Role in Health, I thought that was really interesting because he's talking about the four bodies, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health. And when we have coherence, which means integrating diverse elements or relationships, we can then have whole or optimum health. And he equated that to an orchestra. And if you imagine all the instruments playing at different speeds, how much chaos that would create. And so he's saying like the heart is like the drummer of the orchestra. So the heart can really set the tempo that the rest, rest of the organs can then vibrate to. Um, and he's really saying like positive emotions will create coherence in the body and negative emotions will create incoherence, which will mean an irregulated heartbeat. Um, and so he talks a lot about heart rate variability, variability, which just means the changes in the heartbeat. So a regulated heartbeat will be highly coherent and irregulated incoherent, if that, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> and what do you think about the closing pages of the chapter? He gives quite a bit um, on actually some follow-up here. He call, calls them tools for transformation at the end of the chapter. Any oh, yeah, other? there's, a, there's a lot here on that because he's talking about how to use music to entrain the heart and the nervous system. So if you can tune into a positive emotion, 
you will be entraining your heart. So he's saying music can regulate the heartbeat and music can induce a positive emotion. So he's suggesting get some songs that make you feel gratitude, love and joy and use those songs to entrain your emotional systems and your heart rate. Yes, he does. And he goes on, the, the, in fact, the music that he suggests is Thank You for the Day by Karen Ducker and let, let Love Can Build a Bridge by the Judds. Okay, Enjoy to the World by the Three Dog Night. All of them are three songs I love anyway, so it's very good. But he also actually gives you some tense on looking into some other people's music and stuff on it. So you want to actually make sure you get the book and check out the last couple of pages here. And next week we'll be moving forward into chapters three and four. So we'll actually be covering two chapters next week as we get into it and get more. And we do encourage you to please take time, talk to us on our particular networks. And we have a Facebook for this particular show. And it would be good for you to interact at that point with the host, the co-host that we have. All right. So basically how, if any of what we're working with, like the practices and the music, how are you applying it personally in any kind of breakthroughs that you've had? Or if you have a practice like Marianne as a psychotherapist, do you actually take particular time and share any of this information about music how it would help with your patients certainly music is a powerful tool my clients use to regulate themselves and to get themselves into a different state um even just getting up and dancing to music like doing things with music is an easy game changer really when you're talking about anxiety and depression and other emotional states that can feel a bit out of control they also use it to express painful emotion. Like music is powerful in, in all forms of expression, really. It's good. I've actually had over the years in uh, my relationship and when meeting Barry very early on, um, I've actually brought pieces of his music to the office when you know that you have a, a time like a, some of the particular businesses that I used to run and stuff was very time sensitive. But so we had to, there was like a high demand of having uh, research done at a certain time. And then that was sort of like the next step after the research was done, then the people who do the next step was waiting for this. So you had all of this, these uh, formal step-by-step particular parts of a project so that each person was under the stress of the people waiting for their information to get to their part of the the duty. And so there there would be just piled up stress. And then I would bring it in because some of his pieces are not like if you're going into meditation, of course, you're going to go in for something that brings you down and cools you out and kind of moves you forward in a, a very tranquil way. But he has other pieces that are actually have a little bit more beat to it, which never puts you particularly maybe into you know, a real fast beat, but a, a coherent beat, one that just kind of moves you along. And I brought that in and am amazed, amazed 
to the progress that was made immediately. I mean, within 15 minutes, you saw people getting into completions very fast. And, and, and I loved it because it actually brought about the creativity that was needed in, in people determining how they could see what was needed and how they could actually be a good strategist and say, okay, knowing that this is what we have, if we just do this way, take this little turn here, we can do it, you know, and and it was it was absolutely amazing to see the brainstorming that started going on amongst all the people, each person being like a particular individual part of a whole. And it all taking place in a in a massive time limit and working to the to the utmost of outcome, which was actually extraordinary, actually put us as top competitors in the particular field of business that we were at the time. And actually seeing how also bringing this in when I'm working with health professionals, bringing this into patient care units and where patients are actually recuperating heart. In fact, I've just had a recent experience that my husband's sister had open heart surgery. And of course, she was going through all kinds of anxieties beforehand and actually even coming in after, I don't know the need for that, but the doctors go in great detail with heart patients as to how the open heart surgery goes. And in this event, they actually showed her some videos of how they take the heart out of the body, okay, and proceed with what they have to do and then do this and that. And so she went into really just really terror, absolute terror. And so by the time I arrived on the scene and everything, she had actually undergone the surgery and they were trying to bring her back out of the drugs and everything. And um, they were concerned. I was watching the nurses taking care of her and I realized, okay, they're not happy with her stats. There is something concerned in there. Yet they kept telling the family, no, everything's great. You know, it takes a little time with some people and others and stuff, but I could see it. And it's like, okay, this is not okay. So I just hurried up, went into my phone library and took some stuff. And I just stepped to the door and I said to the nurse, you know, their music has a tremendous effect on people when they're in the subconscious state or the unconscious state like she is. And right now she's not sure she's still alive. And the nurse just kind of looked at me and then she broke out in this big grin and she goes, I think all of the heart patients go through that and don't know if they made it till they wake up, you know, and I said, and I agree, but I would like to at least offer this piece of music. And so I just handed my phone into her and she put the, she looked at me at first and then she winked and then she put it on the bedside stand and I, they closed the door. So of course I couldn't hear it, but I simply watched my sister-in-law moved from, you could see like the, on the size of a face when a person is gritting their teeth or whatever, there's these muscles that are going and I'm watching that relax. And then I watched other things. And I mean, I actually took my watch and started timing it within eight minutes, eight minutes from the time they laid it on the bedside next to her eight minutes, she had relaxed. She was no longer fighting because they had her bound to each side of the bed because patients actually start trying to fight with this or whatever can get very physical. And she was totally relaxed. She stopped moving her legs 
And she just totally laid there very calm and everything. And then I kind of pecked on the glass and I said to the nurse, can I just step inside for just a second and let her know that we're here and that she did fine and that we're simply waiting for her to wake up? Okay, and she looked at me and I could show some irritation, you know, but she knew I was going to persist. I just put out, I made sure I was broadcasting loud and clear. I'm requesting only to be polite because I intend to go in there anyway. And so she finally stepped aside and let me in. And the whole thing was saying to my sister-in-law, your brother and I are here. The family is all here. We are delighted. Everything went great. Just a matter now for you to let the drugs wear off and you come on back and say hello to us. We're all waiting. And then I just stepped back. And at that point, she tried to open her eyes. And at that point, I told her, just be calm right now. Just relax and let it take its toll. Let it do what it's got to do. Everything's moving fine. Okay. And I watched her again, relax. And I stepped out. And then I said to the nurse, you know, you just assisted me in some research because I didn't want to leave her in that place to where she was irritated with me. Okay. I could see it even when I was in the room, I could see she was still irritated with me. And so I told her, I says, because I'm looking to see how we can enhance people's recovery with music. And there's this dear soul that I know that makes this music and actually talks directly to the heart. What better time than right now when hers has gone to gone all kinds of stuff. And she looked at me and tears come in her eyes. And she said, it's not that I'm upset over it. It's that I'm so moved that it could make such a difference because quite honestly, we didn't know if she was going to come out. I mean, what kind of news do you want outside of that? You know what I'm saying? I, I I actually intend of writing a little note to Barry and letting him know that that happened. But you you want to take this. I One of our listeners and anybody that's out there that is undergoing any kind of economic problem, you want to go into Barry's library. He has music for that. Okay, people that are looking to get on an abundance and prosperity mold here and start doing some changes in your finances. There's music for that. There's music for any part of what life could actually require in making us healthy, wealthy and happy. And I would say Barry Goldstein has found the key to that through his wonderful sensitivity. So please get that book and definitely go in and check out some of this music. Any of you have some things you would like to share in the closing? Mm-hmm. Yes, Joyce. Okay. Um, what I'd like to share is that his music is perfect for listening in the car because you can still concentrate very carefully on driving but it calms you down if there's a lot of traffic and it just works. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Believe me, we drove across country over 2000 miles because sometimes we had to divert from the route coming direct and go to someplace else and come back and actually keeping everything moving, trying to make five and 700 miles a day without breaking speed zones, okay? Yes, the music can help you through with that. And I want to thank every one of you who have brought prayers, and especially our producer on our uh, studio. Let Jules know that definitely I've appreciated all of her support. 
and we will close now and leave it open for next week. Remember that the book we're talking about is The Secret Language of the Heart by Barry Goldstein, and that we suggest you get that so that you can read along and play along with us each week as we move forward. Barry has answers, whatever and wherever you're at in life. Barry's got something that'll help you with those answers. Meanwhile, have a great week and we'll catch up with you next week. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week. <laughs>